beginning. Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram alongside Joshua Black. Excuse me, Dr. Joshua Black. And uh, we'll get a little bit more into that in a bit. Joshua, what's going on today? Today, oh man, we have an amazing episode. This is our 100th episode, and I am super excited to do an update episode just on this, on on getting to this point. And also, you know, thanks, thanks, Sean, for calling me doctor. I don't get that a lot around here with my family. So uh, kudos to you <laughs> in supporting my movement of uh, graduating. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, 100 means it's a special thing. You know, it's a solid number. We all commemorate different types of uh 100 movements and centennial, if you will, whatnot. But um, yeah, just looking back at when we first started, um, I don't think uh, I never really had that in mind uh, as a kind of a milestone or a goal or anything like that. And I don't think you did either. Um, but to be here now, it's 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 quite incredible. And we can look back now at all the all the episodes. And uh, just I'm just super proud of each and every one for even from the beginning putting together an episode and just getting started in in uh, my bedroom my bedroom so unofficial you know two very you know handheld mics the equipment wasn't right but we got started and you know here we are a hundred episodes later all the guests I was looking through the guest list just recently and you know just amazing amazing that we were able to have these conversations with so many people and 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 you know me and Josh Josh we talk about this all the time you know, when we first introduced the topic to people, grief dreams, sometimes, you know, people can kind of, they say things like, oh, that not that kind of dark? Or, oh, that, you know, you guys talk about grief. Doesn't that get kind of redundant? But I mean, just the guest list shows that, that the variety that of people we get to interview and the topics we get to talk about. And at the end of the day, loss, you know, everyone has loss. So loss always kind of works its way in. Um, so yeah, I'm just amazed by that and, and hundred. Woo. <laughs> yeah, man. A hundred. Yeah, you're right. Like when I, when we first decided to do this, you know, we didn't know if it was going to fly or how long we we're going to do it for, how many episodes and we we're just doing it. And then now looking back, it's been a couple of years and we're like, cause just in the last this year, we really, uh, did well with 45 episodes being recorded and that's with you know, you moving and work and for me, like finishing school. And so we had a lot going on and we still managed to do the 45 episodes. But you're right. Out of that hundred, we had probably interviewed like 90 people. Um, and that's that's amazing. Like 90 stories and people that we got to talk to about not only their grief, but also their life journey and what they've learned along the way and how they cope because everyone's so unique. And that's why that's why, you know, I'm never bored with with this, you know, with interviewing these people. Because they're all so different or also unique and like who they lost and their memories and also their dreams. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm going through the list right now. And, you know, I can't we can't name everyone, but just just, uh, you know, let's just say April, April 28th, we got opportunity to post an episode where we interviewed Rami Shami. And, you know, that was episode 69 for all you guys listening in. And that was amazing. You know, Rami works uh, very closely in the hospice setting. He's got a ton of experience working with the dying. And, you know, that interview was special in its own way. Rami's an amazing, funny guy. Um, let's see some other ones. Josh, I remember uh, yeah, I remember I, that episode in the sense that he forgot the dream of the deceased until he came on air. And then he remembered right at the last minute. 
And that was really cool for me because it dealt with the whole conversation of him getting value from those who were dying. Yeah, that's right. You reminded, um, yeah, you remind, you triggered something. I triggered something. Yeah, yeah you triggered something in him, and, and that's amazing because you know that uh, the behind the scenes, you know, you're talking with a lot of the guests beforehand and also after, and you genuinely care. You care about their personal lives. You care about the dreams that they have, and you're also super interested. So definitely, any guests or you know even any listeners, if you have grief dreams that you'd love to share with us, please. By all means, we just love hearing about it. Uh, just looking through some of these uh, older ones. Uh, Shelby for Scythia. That was a, an amazing episode. Episode 52, November 16th. Oh, sorry. Wait. That was last year. Was it last year? Hey, man. We're at 100. Go back as far <laughs> as you want. <laughs> but still, that's a good. that was a good, an amazing one. Um, <laughs> Steve Leader. I enjoyed that one a lot. Uh, I wasn't taking part of that interview, but that was you and uh, Steve. Uh, Pastor Steve Leader, sorry, Rabbi Steve Leader uh, from California. Uh, and that was an amazing one as well. Uh, any other ones that kind of from this year? I know we, we've had 45. <laughs> um, <laughs> did a, we did a couple. Yeah, I really enjoyed even the last episode with Darren Dave. Like, mm. I've been friends with him. We've both been friends with him for a while since I was on his podcast and he was on ours. And we've done some Father's Day episodes with him. And it's just, you know, amazing kind of uh, collaboration we've been doing. And finally, he had this, like, comfort and grief dream. For me, that was such an amazing experience for, for me to be a part of, for him to say, hey, like, guess what? You know, like, I actually finally got a dream. And it's of my mom, right? So I was like, wow, you know, like, how special that was to him and how amazing he finally got that. So he finally understood a little bit about the comforting feeling of seeing your, your loved one in a positive way. And I'm like, man, like that's, I wish everyone could have that. You know, I wish someday people could, you know, we find a way to allow people to remember those dreams that they're probably having. They're just forgetting when they wake up. Yeah. And it's been a, it's been a great journey with uh, Darwin because he's a fellow podcaster and, you know, we've been watching him uh, closely from afar, but also we became friends with him and, you know, we get a lot of, you know, advice and, seeing him develop seeing him grow and i love the fact that we cover um the holidays and in the future we're going to obviously try to do some more we'll try to do a mother's day one but you know just getting started and getting darwin involved you know who lost his father at a really young age and was murdered um i think that's that's a special thing and then now having the christmas one christmas like we said before in previous episodes it can be a tough time for a lot of people who are grieving, who've lost someone, you know, there's mixed emotions, uh, sadness, happiness, what have you. And to get his perspective, to get your perspective and to kind of just have a conversation about it. Um, I enjoy all that. And I think, um, it was it, it definitely a special episodes. Yeah. Even the, um, I like, yeah, I said, I like those, almost like event or special episodes related to a specific event going on. I like that. So like the holiday episodes or Father's Day, it'd be nice to sort of hit more of those along the way now that we have more free time and we can plan interviews accordingly based on those dates almost, which would be, uh, you know, something I look forward to in the future. 
Absolutely. So let's, I wanted to talk, ask you about the Dyer sisters, because I know that you were super excited uh, to interview both of them. Uh, maybe you want to tell listeners about what happened before in <laughs> <laughs> the kind of uh, how you interviewed, how we had the interview before and it didn't kind of fly. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's funny. Um, so at first it was the um it was Sky Dyer that we we interviewed probably oh I'd probably say maybe a year prior to actually being released because I forgot to press record <laughs> on the uh on the device that we use. And so we had a full length interview and it just didn't record. And so I was super embarrassed being, you know, being the one running the show that day and and I was so super excited about, you know, having her on because like I followed her dad a lot and I was also really curious about her own journey with her spiritual journey, her life. And for that not to record, because there's a lot of beautiful things in there. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was really disappointed and you know, kind of embarrassed too. And I think it was a great lesson for me on, you know, going with the flow because I, rem I remember that. And I think you were there actually, you might have just came in um, halfway through or something. And we had an interview right after that. And I was totally off my off my game because I was so thinking about this. I was like how like, you know, how bad I did or like how stupid I was for not pressing record. You know, like so you really I was berating myself with these negative comments. And it took a little while, actually, for me to actually calm down and say, it's OK. You know, it wasn't supposed to be. Let's try it again. And she was you know, super cool about it. And she was <clears throat> pregnant at that time. So we had to wait till she gave birth and then we were able to get her back on. And that episode was actually really different than the first episode, which I that we were that we talked to her for. And I think that was interesting because that also had a lot of power in it and a lot of beauty in it. So at the end of the day, you know, like I'm happy the way it went. And some things just don't fall through on a certain time frame for certain reasons, you know. And I know I learned a lot from it. And we got a different story for everyone to listen to because of it also. And then we had her sister on, Serena. And so that followed to the Serena uh, dire one. And that was really good too, and it led to, and they had their own grief dreams. And so overall, it was just it was really cool to see and see the differences between them. But at the end of the day, yeah, that was the inside tip of what happened there. And yeah, like you know, when we, you know, when we start, you know, we like they're like you know they're kind of they have uh, they're like celebrities, right? And in their own way, and like to be able to get like certain people on the show was really important, I think, for me in the beginning. And it just like, I think it just like allowed me to say, oh, people do want to come on. People do care that have sort of followings and people that, that want to share it. Now it's not as important that, which is interesting, just looking back at the podcast journey, you know, like in the beginning, it was about, <clears throat> even though, you know, like it was about like talking to people, we, I still looked at the numbers every now and then. And I use that almost as a gauge do of like, do people, are people val valuing uh, this podcast? And I sort of stopped doing that along the way, probably after the first six or eight months. And I just check periodically when I'm just on the uploading the site. But, you know, like before it was like about, you know, how can I, how can we reach more people? How can we, you know, so I'd like post the podcast on like different, you know, Facebook forums and stuff like that. And, and I think I, in the beginning, I was doing it a lot, maybe 30 forums, 40 forums, just like yeah. throwing it out there. Now it's like two you know, maybe three, four, you know, like it's really depending on what episode, but now it's not like, I just don't care as much. And I think there's a, 
for me, there's a confidence in what we're producing that I don't need to try to sell it. And like, it's like I'm letting go and allowing it to sell itself. And if people find us, that's great. If not, okay. Like there's nothing I need to do to make this grow faster. And I think that's for me is like surrendering to what is. And that's really about the, you know, also my life journey is about continuing to surrender to what is and not being anxious to reach these weird goals. So in the beginning, you know, it's just like, can we get some listeners and, 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 and so and so now it's like, it's not even about the numbers of downloads anymore. Cause I don't really, honestly, I really don't care about that. Um, the, the episodes, even the episode number we do it's it's, it's cool. Right. But like, man, like I never even envisioned a hundred. It wasn't even on my radar. I just wanted yeah. to keep doing it. You know, like it's cool if we reached a hundred, but like at the end of the day, a hundred's not many episodes, just keep doing something you love. Yeah. And wow, I got to do it a hundred times, you know, like, and I've changed so much along the way. I don't know about you, Sean, like has there been a change in how you see the podcast and how you, how you approach the podcast? Uh, change. I, that's, that's interesting. I, I, I guess I didn't have, I didn't necessarily have any high, high expectations to begin with. And I don't mean that I, I thought it wouldn't do well. I just, <laughs> I just mean that uh, I kind of want to kind of like uh, approach a lot of things in life, just go with the flow and kind of see as you create, you navigate your way through it. And I get your point though, because I mean, I had some of those feelings as well, because even the booking process, like this is all, this was all new for us. And, you know, the Dyer sisters, you know, they're connected to their father, uh, Wayne Dyer, who's, who's a big presence. So sometimes, you know, you you wonder, you're like, am I going to get this person on it again? Like if the interview failed, you know, these things aren't easy, let alone with people who have any type of following, people who don't have a following. It's not easy, you know, reconnecting with someone and, and, do, and, and, and scheduling, you know, making the schedules work. Uh, so I get your frustration, like, <clears throat> but I'm sure a lot of people who deal with audio video will tell you is that those things are common. <laughs> like, you know, I, I've done it a bunch of times myself where you forget to, you know, you just, you forget to hit record. It, it's a, it's an easy, it, it makes sense. It's right in front of you, but at the end of the day, it happens. And, uh, you know, it, it sucks. I know, I know what it feels like because it's, it sucks because you create something like you go through the interview, it's coming into the universe. It's a conversation that's for the first time it's happening and it's being born. And then when, when you don't get to record it, it's like, Oh, what that just, that just drifted off into the sunset. Like I wasn't able to grasp it, you know? And, And that's, that's our whole thing is creating and then sharing, creating and then sharing with the listeners and, and they're magical moments. Like, like, people don't understand like the reason like you get a you get an amazing feeling after like it's like it's like running i guess you know if i was to run recently i haven't run very recently but i assume if you were to run like 5k all the time you get like a runner's high right runner's high mm. or like you're doing something productive something you love to do you finish what you're doing and then it feels great and and that's what it's like each and every episode that we do so you know that and then to have it not record, I get it. You were down. You, 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 you look like you were just like, you're, you know, your energy went. I was devastated. I was, dev- I was yeah. totally devastated. You said like, you're right. It's like because a, a product you created that was really good, right, yeah. for people to listen to is not recording. You're like, oh, and then you have like, then you sell like that. Then you have the 
berating thoughts of like, oh, you're stupid or, oh, you're not good enough. You know, like what kind of, you know, image are you putting on the podcast? You know, like all those stuff. And you're like, and you just get bombarded with this stuff. So I was so down. And it, as I said, it took a while for me to actually get back and, and learn from the experience and to yeah. really correct that thinking and to say, it, you know, it, it shows and it shows the, you know, the, the good qualities of, of Serena Dyer, because, you know, she was sky, fine. sky, sky, Dyer, sorry, sky was fine. She was willing to do the interview again, you know, and, and the, she brought the same energy to that next interview. And I know what you mean. Like sometimes like, um, Justin, um, Justin Wren, uh, I forget which episode he appeared on, but <clears throat> he was someone I was especially nervous for and just super excited to interview him. And it just, you know, the nerves kind of got to me a little bit. But I, nowadays, if I, I would say if I was to interview him now, I'd probably be a lot better mm. because we've got we've done so many more episodes. And also, I don't necessarily... I'll prepare and I'll bring my game for Justin Wren the same way I'll bring my game for, you know, just the person down the street if we're interviewing. You know, it's not, there's not, there's no difference in terms of quality that you're getting from someone who's on a pedestal and someone who's not. Someone who's got a big following and someone who doesn't. Because at the end of the day, we're talking about core subjects that transcend both, you know, life loss. And if someone, tells me a story of their loved one that's passed like there is no you know again there's no levels to this everybody's the same so uh that's why i enjoy each and every episode because again like it doesn't matter if we're talking to a writer or if we're talking to a cartoonist or a film director or a pastor or a rabbi each and every one is special and i end up enjoying each and every one that's so true actually like looking back i remember even like megan brain like I was super excited to have her on and I can see that when I re-listened to that episode how I was just like you, you, <laughs> you don't know what to do with yourself like you're so excited and you're also very anxious you know like you want it to go really well but because those are the early episodes like we're trying to find still our confidence in the game and exactly how we want to do the show and everything but now you're right if we brought any of those other people on even the next time we talked to Sky I was a totally different person in the interview in the sense of being calm and just saying like not putting too much pressure on it and just allowing it to flow. And that's what it is, right? We're not saying, Oh, this person's more special than this one. It's just like, no, like they have a different story and that's mm. the interesting part. And it's like, let's, let's talk about your story. Uh, Cause everyone has that. And I kind of like that about, you know, us as a group is not about, you know, can we get like, I don't know, Oprah on here or not. It's more about like, can we treat everyone the same? And give them the time and space and the and the value of you know listening and, and talking with them about their loss and their journey. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think if there's one, uh, maybe if there are like I guess themes or maybe directions that we have, it's you know also what would the audience enjoy? What would the audience kind of vibe to? What would they appreciate? Um, I think that kind of plays a factor. I'm just looking at the list again, and um, Dr. Christopher Kerr. That was another interesting one getting to interview him. Uh, <clears throat> if you don't know, he's the chief executive officer and uh, CMO for Hospice Buffalo. He does the research for uh, on, on basically end-of-life visions and dreams. And so that encompasses a part of the grief dreams world. But it's just that end-of-life. Really cool stuff. 
Yeah, and and you know he had the TED talk that was pretty popular. I see dead people, dreams and visions of the dying. Um, but that was another unique one because you know he's a, he's an academic. He's a he's a you know he's a researcher. He's got this uh, legit career that he's working on, but also getting his perspective on it because you know we we dipped into some personal subjects. You know we asked about his loss, and, and you know I'm sure a lot of these individuals don't necessarily get that type those type of questions, right? <laughs> like. No, it's true. I remember even I think Darwin in the last episode he mentioned that one reason why he wanted to interview people because when he interviewed me and I was one of his first guests was that I told him no one no one really asked about my loss. They asked about the dreams of my loss and then they asked about the research and stuff. But to really get asked about your personal life and your personal journey is something special that you don't really get that much. So I think that was something new for him. Because usually you don't have a lot of time, so they want to get right to the subject matter that they want to sort of promote, which is usually the research. It's also the quickest way to kind of cut through some of the um, normal speak. Like someone who interviews a lot, and I'm sure Dr. Christopher Curry interviews a lot, you know, and a lot of other people we interview a lot, they, I guess they would be prepared with a certain thing to talk about, you know, their work. And then they're used to probably the same type of questions. And I think for the purposes of our podcast, we didn't just want it to be like an information type of thing where we're just giving out and talking about what these people do and then that's it. Like, But like we get to cut to the core and actually have a real conversation because of the questions that we ask pertaining to their own loss. And you notice, you notice that like sometimes I notice voice changes. Like someone will, <clears throat> someone will kind of, they'll talk normal about their work, but then you ask them about their loss and then they kind of like, they change a little, they get softer or, you know, it, it affects them that they, they, they kind of feel it more. And like, that is, you know, that, that's the beauty of this podcast. And that's why I, lo- I also enjoy doing it because, you know, we don't want to just talk about your research and your book and the, the your career, you know. And and this goes for even people on the street that I meet or friends, you know, that I that I invite over to my place for movies or whatnot. Let's have real conversations as well. You know, we can talk about our day and, you know, work stresses and all that. But also let's let's get into the nitty gritty sometimes. Yeah, it's true. It's funny when I meet new people. I kind of act like it is a podcast because I talk the same way. Like I'm really curious <laughs> about, you know, what they've been doing in their life and like how they sort of overcome some of their obstacles. So it's kind of actually funny if I recorded some of my conversations, like we could just upload them <laughs> on the podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you guys don't know Josh, I love it. I love introducing people to Joshua because he's like that, you know, he will, he will, He'll look you in the eye. He'll be very interested in what you're saying. And, you know, he's he's a he's a great conversationalist because it's not just he's not listening. He's not thinking about what he's going to say next. He's thinking of questions and he's thinking about what you're giving him. So anytime I introduce new friends, I, I, I introduced a new friend to you recently. I think he ended up talking to her for like a good two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was good. It was, you know, she was I love when people are honest and open and when you find someone like that it's a beautiful conversation it really is and what i liked about her was we're at a a sort of a gathering or whatever some some party thing (laughs) and anyways i was able to sit one-on-one with her and in the group setting it's very difficult for me to hear 
truth or get people to open up fully. So like those conversations are okay, but they never can go where I want them to go in the sense of people being really real to the the moment because everyone's thinking about what everyone else is thinking of about them, right? So when you get them one-on-one, it's just you two. And so people, since I'm very non-judgmental, people just open up, they're like a flower and they're telling me stuff I don't think they even wanted to tell me to begin with, but they tell me anyway. And it's a fun little journey we're on. And like, it's just a fun day. And I love those conversations the most. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So are there any other recently that, or this year, I guess that might, this has turned into a year end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wanted to, Sorry, yeah. go ahead. I wanted no, to bring you... up some of the pet stuff because it's mm-hmm. a topic that's <clears throat> we're hearing more and more about it, and we, we get a lot of interest now uh, from the pet loss um, kind of episodes and and the individuals we have on um, that deal with animals or pets. Uh, I myself have a pet, have a dog, so it, I connect with that, and I'm sure a lot of listeners. If you have a pet, you have an animal that you, that lives with you, you you connect with some of those episodes, but um. You know, we had recently the Orca episodes. So Rain, Benu, and um, sorry, I'm just Mark, Mark, Laren, Young, um, who are together, but they both of them are essentially researchers, cinematographers, and they just spend their spend their lives kind of documenting these beautiful creatures, orcas or or killer whales, as they're commonly referred to um, in British Columbia. Yeah, that was special. I like that. And I, I learned a lot. And I think I really, I can't wait to, to have more people on that know different animals like wolves. I think that'd be a really cool episode or elephants, you know, like all this sort of stuff. Like some are pets, right? Like dogs, but some aren't they're just animals and that people are really drawn towards and know a lot of information of and how they grieve and how they mourn. Cause that's all new. That's all new stuff. I didn't learn any of that stuff in school. And so I think those would be interesting episodes moving forward to get more of those people on um, get more people that have had pet loss even different pets too like even snakes or you know hamsters or bunnies you know like other animals too to sort of what are their what's their grief like and how do they sort of cope because i think they're all they'll have similarities but they'll be different and if they've had you know of course what their dreams look like which would be very interesting yeah and and definitely um, animals are all different and uh, different species and and it's fascinating and um, I think giving the all the animals are special and they're all unique. And I think giving giving people space to grieve properly, which they might not get in normal society. You know, it, it can be you know if if you know regular loss and regular grief is is not really kind of respected or people aren't comfortable yet. Nor, it's not normalized the way it should be. Then you know you can imagine pet loss and and you know all these different types of loss and grief it gives them a space and 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 understanding you know because people who don't necessarily have pets or animals around them it's not that you know they they just might not understand what it means so it's also a part of educating everybody else on what it means to kind of have an animal in your life have a pet um be a part of that and you know as as we progress I'm sure we'll we'll get into more of that. We'll we'll have more guests and and you know, Dr. Black can uh, do some more research on, on some of those subjects. But speaking of Dr. Black, um, do you want to talk about your 
defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? And so, yeah, so everyone, if you didn't know, I actually graduated um, from my PhD, which is super exciting. And it's still, it's still dif- like the transition's interesting. And because I'm still living in the same place, you know, I'm still just doing the same old things. And it's like allowing it to sink in is a very interesting thing that, you know, as people told me about moving forward, but, uh, you know, like until you like feel it out, you're like, oh, it's so interesting about the difficulty of celebrating. And I think that is something new for me because it's always, always had something going on. Um, you know, like I have to do this or I have to do that. But this is like, it's done, right? The goal of finishing the PhD and doing something out of my loss, you know, and really memorializing my dad and really trying to help people. Like I did it, you know, and, and, and you've accomplished this goal and how easy it is to slip from the celebration to what am I going to do next? Where do I, where can I go? How can I get a job? Where can I get a job? Right. So all those thoughts come in and it's like, you have to keep putting yourself back and celebrating. And, you know, I think it's, I thank Sean, you know, thank you a lot. You, you got me out to the UFC event in Toronto, which was pretty sweet to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And like, just like calling me Dr. Black, all that stuff. It's not like an ego thing. Just rem- that stuff reminds me, oh, I have my PhD. I oh, I finished, you know, like it's your mind there, has to get used to it. Is there an aspect, is there an aspect of grief? A little bit because you would th- like you would think also like if you apply that to kind of leaving your PhD kind of student life on the research life and now you've progressed mm-hmm. and then it, did that catch you off guard? Maybe there's some mixed emotions that came up that you weren't sure of. Well, the grief I would say would be the fear of the unknown because for how long am I doing this? Seven years. If I go back seven years after um my ba doing this but even before that there was five years so like 12 years you're in school and you're TAing as a job and you're you know what to come you know like there's a break in the summer and then you go back right so this is the first time there's no going back and so yeah. for me i think the 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 grief was um or the the, the sorrow kind of was i didn't know what what was coming next it's like that was a great part of my life and I really appreciate it. And it gave me a lot of consistency and knowing what was coming. And this is the first time I have absolutely no idea <laughs> what's coming. And, you know, there was a part of me that wasn't, even when I was approaching my defense, one of the things that was, I was getting kind of, um, I'd get like headaches or I'd get, you know, those thoughts, negative thoughts that would come in. And really, I think what it was is this fear of the unknown, because when I graduate, what's left? Like, what's there? What's coming? Yeah, you don't you don't know. And so there's a part of you that also doesn't want to graduate because or doesn't want to defend properly, (laughs) because if you do, then this is all done. Like you can this doors, this book is closed, right? The chapter's closed. (laughs) So, you know, for me, that was the big thing. I don't, you know, you know, will I I'll continue to still do research and I'll have like um, friends and always keep in touch with some of the people, but it's the, it's that fear of the unknown that really got me. Uh, and to this day, it's still, it's a little bit better, but it's still there, you know, like what's coming, what's, you know, like it's only been like two weeks, I think since I graduated. Yeah. I, so, I think, but, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so it's just like really like understanding like that is something that 
not only I deal with, but a lot of people would deal with even after uh, a loss of someone that died, because there's a fear of unknown of what's going to happen next in their life that, you know, it's hard to really place, especially if you're, if you lose a partner or spouse, or if you lose a child, your only child, like, can you still have those friends from before? You know, like, a lot of stuff changes because of loss. And that's the same thing as like, everything's changed now because I have the PhD and I just don't know in what way. And so here I am, you know, and you're kind of waiting to sort of see what's, what's coming. Yeah. That just reminded me of uh, some of the other, I guess, times in life where you kind of transition from one to the next and without fail, it seems to kind of catch us off guard. It seems, it seems to kind of, um, maybe even cause fear in a lot of people. And I think there's something to the humans really appreciating stability and comfort. And when you have certain needs met and you're kind of set for a while and then things change, they might not even be necessarily positive. You know, that, that environment, whatever you're doing. And I'm thinking of like, let's say you go from one job to the next or, or, you go from a job and then you lose a job. I recently had uh, one of my old workplaces, West Rock, shut down in uh, Mississauga. So I, a lot of uh, you know employees essentially lost their jobs. I reconnected with them. We went out for lunch. but And I've gone through a, another plant closure before that when Kraft uh, shut down in Toronto. But it was a good experience for me. Well, negative but overall, but good to learn from because you see people kind of even if they don't necessarily love the job they're comfortable and their security and then when the job loss comes the change comes you know there's a lot of grief and loss there and people have a really hard time and that's where you know counseling comes in handy and and you know, as, as a leader, as a supervisor, I would always tell these people and they have fears, whether they're legitimate or not. You know, what am I going to do? Am I going to how am I going to feed my family? Am I I'm, I'm, I'm at a I'm old. I don't know how I'm going to enter the workforce again. But it, it, I think a lot of that we don't realize is is more so just that we're so comfortable with our comforts. And, and even if our comforts, even if our, our situations are uncomfortable you might have been in that uncomfortableness for so long it's like sometimes you hear stories of like prisoners who don't do well outside and want to go back to prison <laughs> mm -hmm. and like to a logical person you're like why would you want to go back to prison but like for whatever reason sometimes maybe people get just comfortable in whatever situation that they're in and again change it's the truth change is kind of scary sometimes um and i think in realizing that you know there's a power that took you there there's a power that got you through it and you have the ability to adapt again to a change again and the unknown like you said it's fearful but maybe then wrapping your head around that focusing in on kind of what you what could what the possibility could be with that future and working towards that might be helpful because i think especially with some employees that lose their jobs and some of my old employees is, is you can get caught up. You can get caught up reminiscing, you know, and, and saying, well, Oh, life was better or life was easier. Or life was, you know, everything was better with the old. 
But I think, you know, that thinking is dangerous and you got to kind of take the change as it is, move forward uh, and just kind of have that optimism and energy for that new career or new, new, new spot in life. Yeah, I definitely sort of see that too, right? It's it's for me too, it was just naming it because I didn't really know. I didn't, like, I wasn't consciously aware that, that there was like emotions involved in that. And then once I labeled it and really sat with that truth, how it was scary, how, you know, graduating was, you know, that there is that unknown part of it. And to sit with that, I did a lot better because I was aware of where those emotions were coming from. And also there is, you're right, there is a lot of possibilities to be here. So you get excited at the same time. So it's not just your, you feel the fear, but there's also there's that hope that comes with it. And it's just like labeling it and feeling both out. So that's what really helped me and it's helping me right now because I said right now I'm, I don't have a job. Um, and so it's like surrendering to see what doors open because of this. And they said it's only been two weeks or whatever. But, you know, we got some things ahead that we're trying to monetize to make some money to help us uh, keep keep going in this in this field. Yeah, absolutely. Some new and, um, you know, uh, new and interesting ways that we can really expand this information and present it to as many people as possible and help people out. I think throughout doing these hundred episodes, um, you know, we've come to realize where how best we can help, how best we can fit in how best we can impact the people around us, society around us and at large. Mm-hmm. And I think um, moving forward, uh, we've got some exciting things coming up and whatever we do and, and, you know, I mean, Joshua and Joshua and I are on the same page, whatever we do has to provide the utmost value to the people receiving it. And your, the heart, the goal, the reasoning, why we're doing something has to be in the right place, um, which is why you don't see commercials or ads and, you know, random things here and there. Whatever we do is is kind of a calculated move to to really put together the best episodes. Yeah. And you see, like, I don't want, you know, like in my mind, it's not like I can go to a job, like go to somewhere and say, I want to, I want to work with grief dreams and no one knows what that really is and no one like there's not like a job set out for me so for us in the topics like what can we do to continue to promote this because there's not many other people that have that ability and so how can we monetize that moving forward so yeah one of the the things that we're going to be doing which is really exciting is so we we first the first thing we've done is we added a donation button to our website griefdreams.ca and on there, there's two ways that you can donate through PayPal. So if you just want to donate to sort of help our, our cause raise awareness. Um, but there's also Patreon. So Sean, want to talk about the Patreon? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go, the link will be on the griefdreams.ca website. Um, or you can just go onto Patreon and search for Grief Dreams podcast. I'm sure it'll come up easily. Uh, but essentially, it's just a small monthly donation. You can set it. Uh, what amount you want to give, but it's obviously it's just a way to keep us kind of uh, working, keeping us pumping out episodes. Again, like we're all this is free, and we never really want to charge people for listening to the episode. Uh, you know, that's just a commitment to us, to you. So you never have to pay for those. Uh, but at the same time, like you know, we have equipment costs and all these other different costs. We want to do this full time and do it all the time, and and 
So we started the Patreon account and and the other way to pay uh, just to kind of hopefully just start that process. And, you know, you give what you want and, and you can stop whenever you want and, and start whenever you want. So that's something that it's exciting. And hopefully as we move forward, we'll get uh, better and better. But yeah, that's what we're doing. And yeah, I like to add too with uh, when it comes to Patreon, we get you get these tiers. So like based on the amount of money you donate, you can get these perks. So we've added some perks there for people. And one of them's uh, that I really like is a dedication. So if you start hearing these dedications in the beginning of our shows, it's because someone's donated money uh, to help support us. And we're trying to give them, you know, give back in a way as a thank you. So check that out. There's three tiers that you can uh, look at with different sort of perks to them. Um, so, yeah. So if you do give anything, you know, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Absolutely. And, you know, if if you're having a hard time wrapping your head around that, I would just think of it as something as simple as like, you know, um, it's an hour episode and it's like grabbing a coffee with us, you know, and you, you add that up in a month. How much would you pay for coffee? I know how much I pay for coffee, a ridiculous amount because I go to Starbucks sometimes. But even if it's, you know, five dollars, ten dollars a month, whatever it is, you know, you're getting each week and moving forward, we'll probably have two a week of episodes, hour, you know, hour long interviews. And there's just small token of your gratitude. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, whether you give or not, we're still, we're still here, here for you and we love you. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true, right? Cause not everyone can give and we understand that, but if you can, you know, we just really appreciate it. And then, so other than that, some of the new things that we're think we're we're planning is I'm going to do one-on-one grief consulting, grief dreams consulting, and so this has been I've been doing a lot of this stuff for free actually. A lot of people will contact me about a lot of the negative dreams they have, and I'll just work with them and teach them about sort of how it reflects their waking life. So I'm like, you know, might as well like start to monetize that since you know I need a living, <laughs> I need to make some money. So I'm going to monetize that, which is I think going to be a, a great thing. I can actually work with people a longer period of time. Then also we're going to be doing uh, online uh, grief dreams training courses. We're going to have those available because one of the things that we've come to learn is a lot of people want information on this topic. A lot of people want to be trained in this topic because they they deal with the bereaved. And so anyone who's who works with the bereaved hasn't been trained in this area because it doesn't really exist, right? So um, we need, so we want to train people, and that's why I was doing a lot of workshops and talks. But it costs a lot of money to book the venues and stuff. So we thought, you know, why not just put it online, like something online where people can actually get that training, and so it can provide them the information they need, and it's also allows us to not have to do the overhead cost of finding a, a venue and then promoting it. And then not really making any money afterwards. So this is actually a win-win for both of us. So we're planning to do that uh, probably in the beginning of 2019. I don't know, Sean, when do you think it'll be ready? February, March? Yeah, we'll try our best. We'll work hard on it and hopefully have it up and ready for people. Um, that's a great point. And, and what I love about it is we've met so many frontline leaders, essentially. That's what I call them, you know, nurses, hospice people. Um, administration these are you know you guys are the front line and you know just want to say thank you because you guys do you guys do such an amazing job helping out those who who need it the most and uh, i remember we went to the grief uh sorry death symposium in toronto and even there you, you just end up meeting so many people who willingly want to go out and learn new research learn more about their field because mm -hmm. then they can 
take it back and apply it to the people they work with. And who are those people? They're people in our community. They're people in our society. They're, they're grandparents, they're uncles, aunts, loved ones, you know, and I, I come from a family of nurses, you know, my mom's a nurse and just hearing the stories of, you know, people who are sick or, 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 you know, dying or, or, or you know, I, I was talking to my aunt over, over the holidays and, you know, they, they've, sat with people who are dying all the time and, and it, it sometimes it's it's bittersweet because you know if the that person doesn't have anyone around them no family no and no 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 nobody and dying alone and, and it might be just the nurse nurses around them uh who are witnessing this uh so a part of what we're trying to do is obviously training that kind of goes along with, you know, the topic of grief dreams, specialization, who maybe is not really known. I look, you frontline leaders, you nurses, you hospice workers, you guys know this stuff. But now to have the backing of the research and, and the formalized training to go along with it, I think is gonna make is gonna really add a lot of value to, to for you, just to what you guys are doing, and also for anyone else, really. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, it's that's a it's grief and dreams is is all around us. And to have the tools to be able to work through them and not fear them. You know, sometimes we talk to people and we fear things we don't know about sometimes. And sometimes the dream world can be fearful because we don't have a really firm understanding. I myself, the for years kind of uh, avoided, avoided a lot of understanding learning and discovery about dreams because of fears uh so i think you know learning being with joshua now learning about this topic it's made me feel do a 180 and feel way better feel comfortable in these in these areas that were previously dark um so yeah that that's my two cents on the training that's cool that's exciting i can't wait and we have other ideas uh but like those are the main ones we're trying to get started and and hopefully they um, they can be up sooner than later. So yeah, it's super. You know, it's just 2019 is super exciting. Like the stuff that we got planned. And Sean, do you have anything else that you know, like 2019 holds for for us or you? Um, you know, just expanding as much as I can creatively. You know, um, I, I love to get creative and the music, and I loved adding music to the the podcast. And now, you know, taking it to the next level creating more music so the intro i created myself the outro i created myself and i've done music in the past but i want to get back into kind of soundtrack music and also music that goes along with the grief goes along with the dreams um i think it really you know i approach it like you know this is a symphony an interview is a symphony to me and everybody's playing their part you know you have you know the brass the strings, you know, the drums. And then when you throw in, you know, the interviewer, the, the person being interviewed, these are, it's all part of that symphony. And then you wrap it up with a nice music that goes along with it. I see that as a, as a finished piece, you know, a piece that I can, that that's now immortal, <laughs> give or take, but like it, it's, it's there, it's in the universe. It's on the internet forever. And like, you know, I I want to be fully proud of that piece, and the only way I can be fully proud of it is 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 putting all my attention to it, and and also being as creative as possible. So again, like I, I just 
I love this work. I enjoy this. It, it's something that like gives me fulfillment. Um, and especially when it comes down to kind of editing and music and stuff. So I'm excited for 2019. I get to explore a little more, get to, get to play around with some more music ideas. Um, and so that's what I'm interested, um, excited for. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. That, that, you know, that's one of your, your goals is to make some more of this, the music and, and to put it on the, on the, uh, the recording. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's pretty sweet. And for me, I want to, my goal is to reach to do almost a Canadian tour when it comes to um, th this topic and to reach some of the major cities, which I haven't done yet. So that's one of my things I have planned in my mind that I want to go and do. And we'll see, like, hopefully that all works out. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, like, it's just like, it's exciting. It's super exciting for the both of us in what what's going on with 2019 holds. I know it's good stuff. I know more awareness is going to be made on this just recently. Um, so Brock University, if you haven't, you know, seen the Instagram posts that I've done, or some of the posts on the on Twitter or something, we uh, Brock University actually pushed out uh, a media publication on the work that I, I did at, at the school, and then CBC Morning Radio picked it up, and so I did six radio shows. Um, was it last week? I think it was about this topic, and so in Ontario. So it was just amazing to see like it spread. And so I'm looking forward to doing more interviews and spreading awareness further. And, uh, in 2019. Yeah, that was actually, I was going to bring that up. That was super exciting. I, I know <clears throat> being Canadian, always been a fan of CBC, always been a fan of CBC radio. So it was uh super exciting to hear that, you know, your news, uh, the story of you, your PhD, everything got released news outlets picked it up you know some of the radio programs picked it up as well and you know I, cbc has always been on my list of you know hopefully you know areas maybe they can you know host our podcast on their show you know maybe we can send them our content and they can you know have all of canada listening to it and i'm sure a lot of other countries listen to cbc as well um but yeah definitely excited for that um excited to kind of do it up in our in our home country first and hopefully down the road we can hit up some more of our other favorite spots like america <laughs> california <laughs> shout out those guys um a lot a lot of places and again this is a good opportunity for us to kind of appreciate all of you for listening wherever you are wherever you are in the world uh we're really grateful uh really grateful for across the midwest minnesota shout out to you guys and if i didn't shout you out i'm sorry but <laughs> Great Britain, England, Ireland, okay, New, India, Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand, <laughs> Australia, Spain, Morocco. <laughs> I'm just naming places. Yeah, it's gonna be cool one day, as we like we were just talking just with ourselves, it'd be cool when we visit these places to also visit the people that have been on the podcast. So I'm looking forward to that as we move forward in the future is when we when we get our tour, we do different talks is to visit the people in those areas that have been on the podcast. So I think that'd be just a, a cool opportunity for us to reconnect and, you know, just go to dinner or have lunch or something and just chat off air and just like, a, just actually see who they are in person, you know, cause we, we found them, we talked to them on air, but then to meet them is just a, a nothing, something extra special. Yeah. You end up, you end up uh, building kind of a, 
a quick relationship with people, you know, after you do like an interview with them, you learn about everything, you, you get to the core of their loss, you know, you do feel connected. And and again, we've had some amazing guests on with amazing stories. So that'd be that'd be awesome if you could, you know, eventually go out there, maybe do a podcast, maybe have lunch with those people. Yeah, that's true. So it's, uh, you know, the future future looks bright. So here we go. Woo! <laughs> Absolutely. And so happy. So, so happy that we progress like this. Like I said, you know, when we started, didn't really have any high numbers, goals or anything like that, because and so honestly, the, as a result of that, I think everything that came in was nothing but celebration. Like, you know, I remember <clears throat> maybe three months into it, you're like, oh, we got 50, 50 listeners a week. That's incredible. You know, like six months later, we got a hundred a week. That's incredible. And so everything is a win, you know, and, and, and we're just appreciative. I, I, I told Josh a hundred times, I'm like, I would be appreciative if even just 10 people listening, you know, 10 people listening, because you think about it and assuming that they all listen to the whole episode, that's 10 people sitting there listening to your episode for an hour. And so I always want people to understand how appreciative I am that, you know, we got, we have so many listeners, so many, so much more than 10 now and everybody, you know, again, like it's not like if I was a musician and I went out to, and I, I was doing a concert in some like local bar in Toronto, I'd be just pumped if there was a hundred people there, I'd be psyched. I'd be like, Oh my goodness, there are a hundred people here, you know? And every week we put out episodes and every week, there's hundreds and hundreds of people listening. So nothing but blessing and nothing but gratitude, uh, I think, from all of us, from, from us here. And that's me, Joshua, Jade, you know, Darwin popping in every now and then, whoever, whoever's hosting and co-hosting. Uh, I, think, I, think you get the, I think you guys know, you guys get the vibe and sense from our voice, how genuine and authentic. And really, there's no, there's no, um, there's no mal, malcontent or anything like that over here. Yeah, we should shout out Jade. She uh, she was supposed to be here today, but she was sick. So uh, this update is just uh, you and me, Sean. <laughs> yeah, and and again, I, and hopefully Jade will listen to this. But I, I I've always I appreciate I always love when Jade's on. Um, I love hearing her voice, her opinions, um, and you know she's got amazing things to say. And it's also it's a different perspective. And I again like having her on the team is. Uh, has always been important, and I think uh, ho- hopefully she celebrates in these 100 episodes as well. Yeah, it's uh, that's really what it is, and you're right. Like getting back to what 100 means, like for me, it, I'm just so grateful. Like that's what it means to me. It's like to be able to be here and what that represents, and and the time frame that we've done it, and everything that's occurred. Like it wasn't always easy to to do what we've done in, in the last you know a couple of years even thinking about this and moving forward and with our personal lives what we've what we sacrificed and what we have to sort of dealt with but to be here you know like at this moment like i'm super grateful to to be a part of this to have the team that we have and said like and the listeners like to listen like i'm so grateful for that too because without you the show wouldn't really exist right like he said at least we need at least 10, <laughs> you, know, so, yeah. you know, so at the yeah. end of the day, it's just, it provides me when I see more people sharing the episodes and promoting it and listening themselves, what it says to me is that they care about the content that we're putting out and that that's what matters. You know, to me, it's like, wow, they're valuing what we're saying. 
and they're valuing the guests we that come on. I'm like, man, that's that's super super amazing. And you know, I'm just blessed, so blessed to be here, and and blessed to also finish the the doctorate. Like, it's just it's one of those. I'm still in awe about where we are. Yeah, and that that you know, I have two last things I kind of want to touch on, and one of those is, you know, if Sometimes I get a little, I guess, taken aback by maybe the negativity in the world. I think, you know, whether it's the news or social media or whatnot. And I think that really the best way to combat that is to kind of surround yourself um, with positive things and positive people and push out those positive things more than people push out those negative things. Like if you say, you know, if you are on social media and if that is how you, um, what you do in your daily life, then if you find that you're exhausted by some of the negativity, then then promote those good things, you know, and promote those good aspects of humanity. I think that's the best way to kind of combat that. And and the other point, which is not related, is <laughs> is uh, one thing this podcast has kind of shown us and taught us is that the hardest part is really starting, you know, starting anything. You know, people maybe think that you know putting together a podcast is tremendously difficult. And and we might have thought that before we started as well, but as we went on doing it, it became more and more easier and more and more um, feasible. That dream was more and more real as we went along. But obviously, the hardest part in anything, like you know, we're getting into New Year's, people are going to set new goals. The hardest part in anything is just starting, and you know, that goes for working out as well. Like you know, and then once you start, you know you will face adversity early on and you know we had moments early on where we're like i don't know you know is this is this what we're going to be doing do we have enough you know we didn't have enough time back then we were more busy but like there's adversity that will that will that you will face and then once you get over that hump it just it became easier and easier and easier um, so, you know, I'm not going to get down to, into the technical aspect of what podcasting is a lot more easier than you think. And, uh, if that's your interest, go for it. Or if your goal is something else you want to start this year, then, then do it. Just get started. Mm-hmm. Make those mistakes because you will learn from those early mistakes. Yeah, that's good. I, I like that. And one of the things too, that I remember is when we first started, we wanted it to be on a consistent basis, like a certain episode every week, like a lot of people were doing. But because of our schedules, it never ended up like that. And once I let that go, it was great, you know, but you get it's funny, you get anxiety if it's not on a certain date or you, you have these sort of goals for the podcast. But it's OK, just let, just let it be what it needs to be and everything will turn out. And that's what's really happened here is. We don't have any scheduled date <laughs> when things come out. We just <laughs> upload it, you know. But it, there's it, there's freedom in that. And for us, with our schedules, it just you know it allows us to just create and then publish, you know, create and publish. And that's uh, that's what it's about, you know. And hopefully, people listen to it as we move forward. So yeah, it was good advice, Sean. I also, um, Sean, <laughs> I remember you actually asking before I went on my tangent about the PhD. You asked how the defense went. I never actually answered that. So Yeah, you didn't. You didn't. No, I kind of skipped that because I was too excited to talk about the ending rather than the, 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 the middle. So I wanted to mention that when I did my MA defense, about, was it five years ago, what happened, people, people really don't know this. So what happened was I went in there so stressed, 
so stressed out. I was so afraid I wasn't going to get it. I had so much value set on achieving this, um, getting that degree. And so when I went in there, I was just super stressed. And then when I graduated from it, I was super stressed. Like it, the stress was so overwhelming. I got so sick afterwards. My face turned like white and I couldn't enjoy it at all. And it took a long time for me to get back to sort of, you know, that I actually did graduate. But it was a horrible experience. And so when this time came around, I'm like, I do not want to go through that again because that was horrible. However, I, I approached that was the wrong way of doing it. <laughs> and so this time going back to the PhD defense, I'm like, I want to go in there celebrating. I want to leave celebrating. And if I don't get it, who cares? Right. Like, I just want to go in there celebrating because what I've done is amazing. And to be able to be here, I know the work's good. I know, like, what I've done is great. And, you know, to go in there with that confidence. And so this time I did. And honestly, you were there, Sean. So I went in there and I was just happy. I was smiling. The way I was talking to uh, all five of the committee members was in a more, in a very happy tone. And they, uh, they passed me right away. It wasn't, they didn't have any concerns. And I left celebrating. I could celebrate. I went to dinner with the committee afterwards and it was just a celebration. And I'm like, I did it. Not that I, I got the PhD, but I actually accomplished the goal of celebrating an accomplishment rather than fearing it, I wasn't going to make it. So it was a completely different set of circumstances in the sense of my mindset. And I'm really happy that I've achieved that this time around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got that vibe for sure. You know, um, <clears throat> when you think of when you think of a, a PhD defense, you know, a defense alone is, you know, kind of leads you into thinking that it's some sort of trial you know it must be an offense there's a defense there's an offense but like it, the room is set up as such you know for sure you got in the front row you know three or four of, of you know the professionals the, the masters you know i forget their terms but the people judging um and then you have josh at the front facing you know them and and the rest of the people and, and you know it could have been a situation that is tremendously nerve wracking is is intense you know maybe maybe there's tension back and forth but that's not how it played out you know it, it's like the audience and, and even the people interviewing were, were willing to listen and again you put on you did a great job like you know just seeing you throughout the throughout the years you developed into an amazing speaker and the ability to kind of talk about your subjects talk about your research the confidence you have in your research and just the ability to then answer questions about it. It's totally how a PhD doctorate would conduct themselves. Like mm -hmm. you think you've gone through the stages, you know, you're, you know, you're, it's all about number one, if you want to get better at speaking, knowing your content is, is first and foremost. And obviously you've progressed to the point where you know it on a PhD level, and then you you showed that by by speaking about by conducting yourself, and it it was a very it, the vibe wasn't the vibe was positive, and uh, I remember there's an opportunity to ask questions, <laughs> and uh, Joshua's mom's the first one. She was right next to me, and she was beaming and and super happy the whole time, and you know she had a question ready, and then I had the next question ready, so. And no, it was, it was, it was really great. And I'm glad that was my first and I don't know, maybe only defense I get to go to, but it, it was a positive experience. I'm sorry if I'm sorry out there, if you've done your PhD and it wasn't a positive experience, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm no, sure no, those no, not all are right, and that's the yeah. that was that's the thing. And so you're right; it wasn't. It was more of a discussion rather than an interrogation, which some can be. And mm-hmm. so that's what made it fun for me is like the way it all came about and the way I was able to answer those questions. And it's about sort of the confidence too, right? Like it's the confidence of knowing what you did means something. And a lot of the questions were about the real world applications of the research, which is what we do all the time when talking about the podcast. So it really facilitated those kind of conversations. I could bring in some stories too. So yeah, at the end of the day, it was just amazing. I'm glad to see you guys there and everyone, you know, asking questions too was amazing. And to also to actually have people ask about the research itself was new because most people just ask about the results or ask about what, you know, um, their own questions about it. But they are actually about the methods, you know, why I chose to do certain things a certain way. And all that stuff was interesting to me because there's reasons why I did it. And so it's, it's nice that they were looking at really specific stuff that I could talk about further. So overall, I actually found it really enjoyable at the end. And not everyone would say that, but uh, it, it happened this time for me. So I'm just happy. And I thank Brock University for allowing me to do my PhD at the university. Yeah. And just one last thing about what it means you know, for you to get your doctorate to the podcast, because we always set out even from the beginning that we wanted to, if we were going to talk about this, we, we wanted it to be legit and we wanted it to have an emphasis, a scientific background because of the stigma, because of, you know, how I guess history and, and society has kind of looked at dreams or, or kind of analyzed them in the past. You know, there was a lot of you know, pseudoscience, if you will. And we wanted to kind of get away from that. Uh, obviously, we talk about it, acknowledge it, but we also want to have the foundation on science. And so it meant a lot, and it means a lot that that we can now say that. I could say Dr. Black, because you've done the research and you've looked at it. You know, there's scrutiny involved, you know, at even at the defense, People are still, you know, they're asking questions about your methods, how you did your research, how you did your uh, studies, you know, a lot of stuff goes into this so that we can have, you can have the confidence to assess someone or talk about something, having the background of a scientific background that you have. Mm. Um, I can't stress how important that was. I don't, I wouldn't have done the podcast. I, and I'll say that, I'll say it for the fact, I wouldn't have done it. If you weren't, ha- if you didn't have your mindset on doing the academic side, mm. because I wouldn't have felt, I would have felt like I'm not giving the audience everything they need. Right. You know, like it's like we've sometimes with dreams, you know, you're, there's a lot of stuff out there. And again, like you can be at the mercy of the interpreter or the person. So, like, you know, knowing all that, knowing that there's a lot of woo-woo science out there, I didn't want to have a, a a podcast based around something that we couldn't at least anchor ourselves to. So for those people who who kind of have that mindset of like, well, we want you want to follow something that's legit, or you want to you want to you want to know what's real, and and you want to know that people have done the research around that stuff. That that's you know, that's, that's a part of what we do is, is also like 
you know, we're good at talking to people and that we have the compassion and, and the heart around it. Uh, but, but the base it has always been the kind of foundational research. That's so true. You wanted it to, we, we want to be able to correct any kind of myths that are out there. We wanted to have a platform for people to go to if they're seeking answers, if they're looking to get validation in some, some way. Uh, and normalize the grief journey and this is you're right like I don't, I don't know if i would even want to talk about it if i didn't if I was an expert in the field and getting that phd really uh really puts that out there that you know this this is not just you know two people this is you know we're it's an expert that's there that's going to correct anything if it's something said that's not or facilitate conversation in a way that can help people out and so i think at the end of the day yeah like i never thought about that but really yeah looking back you're right if i wasn't in school i probably wouldn't want to do this podcast either you know yeah, like, if, if you're like, gonna have you're gonna have knee surgery you don't want a non-surgeon to do it like i you know it's again like the professional sphere like i obviously we take dreams seriously obviously you know we're looking at this with with a hard hard lens and again like to have the now to have to have you have the 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 education and experience and uh, knowledge behind this, it means that much more. That it's just again, like if, if if there are people out there who 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 are listening, there are people out there who are taking advice, or people out there who 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 are going to be really absorbing this material. You want to make sure it's legit. And you want to make sure that it's it's coming from someone who's who has a look an eye for it. and look, the best thing about you is you know again you you'll admit like hey I haven't done the research on that or, or, or I'm sorry I just don't know that answer right now, but then you can look into it or you can you know follow up you know honesty and and being genuine and not about deceiving people and you know just building an audience and and kind of just you know saying well you know dreams are like this or dreams are like that you know it's. It's it's a unique experience for everybody, and just navigating through it. And we're we're, we're scratching the surface in a lot of this uh, research. Um, and I think down the road, you'll be definitely I think see you be a part of more and more uh, learning and, and research around this. And then we can all unravel this together. You know this 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 mystery that is, you know, grief dreams. It's a beauty. It sure is, Sean. It sure is. Yeah, it's just exciting. It's really exciting. Here we are. Wow. You know, so for all those people, our next episodes are going to be my favorite episodes, which are the Grief Dream Recap episodes. So those will be following suit. I think we have one or two uh, coming at you. So that's just going to be reflecting on people's uh, comments on their dreams and maybe dreams they've had moving forward. So Sean's going to be doing that and we'll be uploading those next. And, you know, at the end of the day, I hope all you guys and girls <laughs> will take time to reflect on your loss and how also how far you've come with that loss. Because that's when it comes to that celebration I was talking about in my own life of graduating in the midst of the enormous fear of what's coming after. I celebrated and I think people should celebrate how much they've dealt with, how much suffering they were able to carry moving forward and how much they're able to do. Uh, in their lives in this year, you know, like I think people forget about that. They they feel maybe that they're not doing enough, or they feel that um, things could be better, which all could be true. But in all that, you've also done so much that you should be proud of, and you should celebrate because you know 
you you did a you know as I always like to say is that you're doing stuff that most people probably couldn't do. You're you're carrying a weight and a burden, and you're dealing with your mind and all those emotions that you know like a lot of people can't do that in a very productive way, in a healthy way. And you're doing it, and you're some some people are raising kids like that's amazing. Like I never had to do that when I deal with my loss, but you are. So there's so much beauty in in how far you've come this year. So celebrate that this year. Uh, as long as as you move forward just because you deserve that and you deserve that time to reflect on the beauty of who you are in 2019 beautiful words all right so i guess we uh oh lastly we didn't really talk about the uh the research but for those people who want to know more about the research if you want to sign up for our grief dreams newsletter i'm going to be putting the winter I guess newsletter is going to be coming out in January. And so I'll have all the basically Cole's notes of what I found in the four studies that I ran. So uh, if you're not signed up for that, go on the website and it's in the bottom of the page and sign up. Uh, no, that's, uh, I think that's it for me. All right, cool. So as we end the podcast, if you haven't checked out the website, it's griefdreams.ca. We also have Instagram and Twitter at griefdreams. And what else we got, Sean? Do we have anything else? We have a Facebook group called the Grief Dreams Facebook group. So if you've had any dreams this holiday season, feel free to post it. We love hearing about them and we love uh, just sharing and, and knowing that like this, this phenomenon is occurring regularly in people's lives and what it means to them. Uh, other than that, there's also the Grief Dream or the uh, Dreaming of Owl picture book that's on. And we also have the uh, Remembering Owl. So the first book in the series is also up now on as an ebook. So on Amazon. So if you go there, you can check out those two books, and they basically will help uh, children, and I think they help adults too deal with also loss, understand loss, but also understand grief dreams a little bit more. And as we like to say, with love <laughs> and gratitude from us to you. <laughs> That's so cheesy. Never do. <laughs> All right, let's do it again. Hold on, I'll do it again. <laughs> okay, go ahead. As we like to say, with love and gratitude from us to you. Introduce myself. You have introduced yourself. This is a very good conversation. <laughs>